Welcome to Hunting Stories, brought to you by Late to the Game Outdoors. Everyone loves a good story, and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you, to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So, pull up a seat around the campfire, because here we go. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Connor from Maine Meat Collection with the story of his first ever whitetail buck. Connor uh, got his start hunting uh, ducks and, and other small game, but this was the first time he had set his sights on deer, and the story that unfolded is incredible. Uh, if you want to keep up with Connor and his buddies, they are uh, at Maine Meat Collection on Instagram. They also have a YouTube channel where they're dropping fresh content all the time. Uh, links to that are in the show notes. But for now, let's get into this story. Hey, Connor, what's up, bud? What's going on? How you doing? I'm uh, I'm living the dream out here. How's how's <laughs> things in Maine? Not bad. We don't have a spring bear season, but I saw you finally broke the curse. Happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you guys, you don't have one at all. Like you're just fall bear up there. You can do it through the the tribes up here uh, if you okay. use them okay. as a guide and you pay them directly but not a lot of people do that and they don't have a lot of tags okay wow um great yeah it's 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 slowly people are catching on in arizona like oh we have bear hunting uh, yeah. so it seems like it's growing in popularity a little bit every year but uh yeah for a long time it was this obscure thing no one did because we just focus on elk in september and uh complaining about not drawing tags <laughs> yeah it's, oh. it's all baiting here i wish we had spot and stock but it's too thick up here in these woods oh yeah you that you just have to like sit there and get lucky i guess pretty much <laughs> um well dude you you reached out to me uh with the story of your first book and uh you sent me just like kind of like the setup the teaser of how that morning started to unfold or how you even got in that situation uh and i was hooked like i i knew i had to hear the rest of that story uh so i wanted to get you on and just let you like uh if you want to start like maybe even a little background like how you got how you ended up in the deer woods with a rifle for the first time anyway um like if you want to like kind of get into that and then start talking about how that how that awesome day went went down for you sure so i it was actually like uh, probably November 8th, 6th. I'd, I'd have to ask my buddy to make sure, but somewhere around there, the rut had just started to kick off. We started to get a cold weather. We had a late fall here and I was at my neighbor's house scrolling through Instagram and I just saw this picture of this ginormous eight pointer and, uh, my buddy next to it and it was on, you know, social media. And I, before I really even knew what I was doing, I was DMing him and I was like, because like he and I had you know gone to the gym a few times before and and we had mutual friends and we liked each other we had classes together we were friends and I was like hey like can I come deer hunting with you in Maine you only get one buck tag so it's like a lot of people don't want to shoot a deer and continue to go out in the freezing cold with you and he was like, dude I would love for you to come deer hunting with me like you can come this weekend and I was like oh seriously and he was like yeah dude and he like was like gave me the address and he was like i'll see you at this time on uh on saturday and i was like i'll i will absolutely be there uh, it was actually friday so i i went and i got there you know before he was even awake i didn't even go to sleep that night i like <laughs> i was so excited i stayed up all night long i was in the car before i even had to leave drove to his house was sitting in his driveway while he was still asleep and uh, out there i think we did six sits together and saw all does over the next like two weeks we did six sits and uh he was like hey like i'm sorry we didn't get on a buck or whatever and he's like but i probably have next week too next weekend and i was like awesome i'll be back here like uh <laughs> and uh i'm definitely dedicated and he was like yeah uh i was super impressed with you wanting to go this much because most people you know they go a couple of times and they don't see much and they're like okay i'm over this so funny enough couple days later i'm on instagram at my neighbor's house same neighbor again and another giant buck from my buddy who i'm pretty close with and i saw his big eight pointers real wide deer and i was like dude can i come deer hunting with you like i would love <laughs> and i want to come deer hunting he was like dude i still got a doe tag come on up i got this public land spot we'll, we'll go crush 
So he sends me where to go, what time to be there. And this was, I think, a Friday again. I hopped in the car and I, I met him at this mountain. And about, mm, I would say, like a mile outside of where this actual entrance to this mountain is and these mountain roads, you lose complete service. Like you're in the middle of nowhere. So now I can't text him. I can't call him. I have no maps. I don't know how to get to him. I have no downloaded maps. I have no idea what's going on. And so I'm like wandering these roads in the pitch dark in November, like trying to find them. And I finally find this dirt road and I'm like, this looks like it. So I pull in, start driving up these mountain roads. Mind you, I'm in a Chevy cruise. And uh, I, I'm like, dude, I'm never going to find him. And these headlights are coming down this road. I should not have been on. And I went like nose to nose with this car and the truck kind of pulled over to the side. My buddy rolls down the window and he's like, follow me all business. Like, no, you? I haven't seen a while. Follow me. So I turn the car around. I follow him. He's like, park right there. I park right there. Hop in the truck. He talks to me a little bit. We catch up just like a little bit, but he's really prepping me on how the day's going to go. And we drive up to like three quarters of the way up this. We call it a mountain here. It's probably not a mountain for you guys, but <laughs> get to the top of this mountain. And uh, he pulls in this little cutout in the woods and he's like, throws me the scent spray. And he's like, let's roll. So we don't load up. It's not shooting light yet. We start walking into the woods and uh, we get probably a half mile up this trail, up this mountain to the top. And we cut over on this bench. We sit down, do a little call sequence. And we hear some shuffling in the leaves around the other side of this bench. Uh, and then we hear a doe blow at us. And he's like, okay, like not a big deal. He's not phased by it. And if he's not phased by it, I'm not phased by it. Cause he's way up in Northern Maine. I mean like two hours past the last town up in Northern Maine. He's <laughs> okay. with the Amish. It's just him and the Amish. So, <laughs> he's a, he's an awesome guy. He's been hunting his whole life. He really knows what he's doing. So I, I trust him and I'm kind of reading off of his body language and what he says. So we load up. Uh, cause it's legal light. And he's like, all right, we're going to cut around the side of this bench to the other side of this, this mountain, and then eventually drop down in the Valley on this backside. So I'm like, great. We hop around the backside of this and we sit down and he does a little call sequence again. And we're sitting there and we're just kind of catching up with each other, sitting on this hillside, like looking around and right in front of us is just this beautiful single aged Oak stand that at the bottom of it has uh, woodcock clear cuts that the state had done because we manage woodcock up here. So it's, I don't know if you know what that is. It's this little game bird. It's got this really long nose. It looks like a snipe. It's, it's super weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're sitting there looking at these oaks. I'm like, dude, if we're ever going to see a deer, like, I feel like we'd be here. Like this is prime habitat. And he's like, it really is. My brother was here yesterday and he had shot a spike earlier in the season and he still has a doe permit. He was up here literally 24 hours earlier. And uh, like right in this spot where I have this pin dropped and he's like showing me on his phone. It's like literally right in front of us. He's like, yeah, it was like a 16 pointer bone white rack, giant deer trash going everywhere. He, he came up and stopped him at like 15 yards, 10, 15 yards. And he was like, he couldn't do anything about it. And then the deer kept going. So we were up there like trying to find that deer. I was pretty excited, but I'm like, you're telling me this now I'm getting kind of nervous. So uh, we sit there do a little bit of calling and we drop down. And when we drop down into the Oaks, uh, there's this scrape there that he hadn't noticed. And I had obviously never noticed my first time being there, but I was kind of like, Hey, look at that scrape. Cause my buddy who I had originally gone with had pointed some scrapes out to me. I knew what to look for. So we both walk over to it and there's a wet spot in the middle of it and you scoop up the dirt and squeeze it. And there's moisture in it. Like it's fresh. So we're like, wow, like there was a deer here this morning or very, very late last night. So we start walking and the leaf litter is so thick that you can kind of see the trail and the tracks of this buck that walked away from the scrape. So we start following it on this other little bench on the bottom side, on the other side of this mountain. So we get down uh, to where there's a little, it, it's not a road or a, uh, like a four wheel track or anything like that, but it's a little more cleared out. You can, you can get to it uh, a little easier than I would say walking through really thick stuff. And we get into this kind of open area and he's like, we're going to drop down here. I don't know if we're going to catch up to this buck. We're going to drop down in the swamp area. He might've gone down there to bed or who knows, but we might get a chance at more deer. And he said, uh, you know, later today, cause we were doing an all day hunt. He was like, we'll go out to the fields that are at the bottom of this mountain. And uh, that's where I shot at a doe last night. And he had never wounded and not recovered a deer before, to my knowledge, or what 
uh, I remember him telling me. So he had shot it at a doe that night in a field on this mountain and called in a blood tracking dog. Um, yeah. You said something like there's official like registered blood trackers that you guys call in Maine. Correct. They're, they're uh, United blood trackers. They're volunteers. You don't have to pay them. And, and they just, you call them if they're available, they show up to where you are and you tip them and they just like all on tips and they show up with their dog and that dog just, sometimes you get a good one. Sometimes you get a bad one and <laughs> dog trails the adrenaline that's in that blood and follows that deer. And so that's sometimes, awesome. sometimes you don't, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. So some States have that outlawed, but they're really pushing it's leashed too. You can't just like hound a dog off on a deer, the, the dog, yeah. is, but so he told me that, you know, he had a blood tracker come out last night and look for a deer and he really trusted her and she was really, really cool. And she had a lot of experience and she was like, yeah, this deer's going to live. I don't know what to tell you. So he, he wasn't messing around that day. He brought the big gun. He, he didn't bring his, his two, two, three. He brought the big gun that day. He was like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> losing another deer. So right as we're cutting to go back down to the swamp slash beaver dam area that he wants to go to, I see these three circles in the leaf litter and I'm like, those look like deer beds. And he goes, uh, yeah, those definitely are deer beds. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of in an open spot in the oaks here. I'm surprised they were laying down here. He was like, yeah, you know, it could have been a buck and two does. Who knows? It could have been all does. They might have just been, you know, laying down because they've been rutting these, or a buck with a couple of does that's trying to, like, keep them away from other bucks. And I was like, cool. So we get down from where we were just standing at these beds uh, and on this bench, and we start dropping down even more. And I would say – it's fuzzy because it's hard to judge distance in a memory like this with this much, but I would say 100% less than 40 yards. But in my memory, it's like 25 to 30 yards away from those beds, but it was definitely less than 50. And we hear a crash behind us and we're, we're talking. So like, I'm assuming that we just like busted a deer out and we turn around and to my surprise, I don't know what's going on. I look up at where those beds are on that bench where we were just standing and a doe just goes Mach 10 in the direction that we've just been sitting on that hillside. And right behind her is that giant bleach white buck with trash going everywhere. He's got his nose right up her rear end. And then his rear end is what we thought was a basket six. And he's right up that other buck's butt, like running right after him. They're all flying by as fast as they can go. And I'm like, dude, we must have busted him out of there. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, it's over. There's nowhere we can get on this deer. And he just shoves me in my back and goes, move. Like, not quietly, no whisper, <laughs> just jams me in the back and goes, move. So, so I start running up this with my rifle in my hand, and he's running right next to me. And we run right back up to this bench, and he just starts grunting, grunting, kicking leaves, making as much noise as he can. I'm like, what? what are you doing, dude? Like he's alerting him that we're here more. And he's like, shoot him, shoot him. And I'm like, I'm, I'm watching as the spectacular specimen bounds off into the woods. And I'm like, there's no way I can get a shot at this deer. He's zigzagging in the brush. I'm like, I don't have a shot. I don't have a shot. And he's like, shoot him. And I'm like, I don't have a shot. So uh, then I, I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. I, I didn't have a shot. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. And he does a couple more grunts. And then all of a sudden in the saplings right in front of us, the deer, the last buck comes busting out of the saplings like head on so these run to our left where now we were standing back at where those beds were the deer run to our left and he came out directly in front of us face to face and he ran out of these saplings i mean busted through them ready for a fight ready to throw down and he came through and you know when you like so i don't know how many people that are listening to this have dogs but when you see a dog get scared they dig in their heels and their eyes get really big and their, <laughs> their legs go like they're on ice like really yeah. this buck did that he went wide when he saw us and his eyes got huge and he looked me right in my eyes like we locked eye contact and this buck's at like 15 yards right in front of us and just looking at us like what is going on and i'm not i don't have my rifle on my shoulder or anything i'm so surprised that this is happening the deer and i just scared the hell out of each other like we're terrified <laughs> and so he turns around and he clearly did not know what people were because he turned around, ran like another 10 yards and then turned broadside in the saplings and was peeking around a tree, just looking at us like, what are you? Like turned his head sideways, like he was confused, figure out what we were. And my buddy just in a blatant voice, like I'm talking to you right now, just goes, shoot him. <laughs> 
she put my rifle on my shoulder and just bam and this buck leans back on his two back legs because he's broadside so this front right and his back right and he leans back on those and his two legs kind of like his front left legs kind of go in the air just like a little bit like it looks like he's leaning down to the right like he's kind of stumbling and Tyson goes shoot him again so uh, I'm shooting a lever action 35 Remington it's kind of a big round another one and just rip another shot at this deer and this deer like almost falls down this little embankment that these saplings are on and then turns 180 degrees and starts going up this little embankment to a clear cut that's like deadfalls and and he goes, shoot him again. So I bang, let another one go. And uh, he, he goes, shoot him again. And I said, I, don't, I only have three rounds in the gun. And he goes, what, what do you mean you only have three rounds in the gun? And I was like, I'm so used to duck hunting because that's how I started hunting. I thought that you can only have three rounds when you deer hunted because like you have to have a plug in your gun. <laughs> Are you a new hunter or even a guy with some miles under his boots who's still just trying to figure it out? I get it. I've been there. I'm an adult onset hunter who spent the last 15 years learning how to hunt. And so I wrote the book, How to Hunt, A Total Beginner's Guide to Hunting Big Game, as the resource I wish existed all those years ago when I first started. Whether you're planning to chase elk with your bow in the west, or you're hunting for whitetails back east, this book will take you from knowing absolutely nothing to your first harvest. It's packed with hunting stories and plenty of those times where I royally screwed up You'll leave with a sound strategy for hunting big game and have plenty of laughs along the way. Grab a copy today at latetothegameoutdoors.com slash howtohuntbook. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean I can have more than three rounds, dude? He's like, he's like, you only had three rounds? So now we switch guns. He hands me his gun and he's like, shoot him again. By this time, this deer has now gotten his legs back under him. He almost fell down this hill the third shot and he, he gets up into the clear cut and goes right. And so I'm like, what just happened? I'm in now the adrenaline dump is happening because I didn't have time for it to happen before. So now the shakes are happening. The shallow breath. I, 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 and he just, my buddy Tyson just looks at me and he goes, first thing out of his mouth, bet you didn't even feel the recoil. Did you? <laughs> I said, you're right, dude. I didn't. And so we start kind of shooting it a little bit, you know, uh, talking to each other and we're like, wow. And Tyson's like, yeah, we'll give him an hour. We'll just sit here and kind of talk to each other. We'll give him an hour and then we'll go up there. And I bet you he's laying up there 25 yards dead. And I'm like, dude, I, I feel like I smoked him. Did you see almost fall twice? And he goes, dude, I think you hit him right in the pump house. Like it looked like you knocked him right down that hill. I thought he was going to fall right there. I thought you dropped him. And as we're talking, like out of nowhere, this doe that originally had blasted by us with the two bucks behind us comes ripping back Mach 10 from the left <laughs> at 10 yards. Like, I feel like I could have reached out and poked her with the muzzle of my rifle. Like she's right there and she comes just no stop and just blows right by us again. You can hear the hooves. You can see everything on her. It was crazy. And she just comes by like neck out, like a greyhound, just ripping by us in the same direction that she had originally come from. And my buddy who had the doe tag, he, he lifts his, his rifle up, puts the bead on her, just watches her, watches her, watches her, and then puts the gun back down. And I said, dude, what are you doing? You could have just rolled her. Like, I could have tackled that deer and rode her like a bull. <laughs> he goes, he goes nah, dude, like, it, it was your first buck. I don't want to complicate the blood trail. He was like, like, God forbid anything, get squirrely. I just want to make sure that we get this buck. So he, he took meat out of his freezer to ensure that I got my first year. That's a good friend. Wow. I have good friends. Like both of these dudes, I gained so much respect for them in deer season. Like, like great, great friends would do anything for me. And uh, that just reassures like, like how great a people they are and how well they were raised and what families they grew up in. I mean, just awesome kids. So we sit there for, you know, another 50 minutes because (laughs) Um, now my adrenaline's going even more because I, I <laughs> touched this doe and she's clearly hot. So now Tyson's all excited and he's like, I, I wonder if that big buck's going to come back through. And then he's like, yeah, probably not though. He's too smart and old. He probably just, as soon as he heard those shots going, he was off the mountain going down to the houses, who knows? And uh, so we wait an hour and we go up into this clear cut and 
I'm not seeing blood anywhere. So I, I'm like, hey, I'm just going to go back down to the saplings where I shot him. So I go back down to those saplings and I find the spot where I shot him and there's blood everywhere. Like I could have followed this at night being half blind with no light. Like it, there was blood <laughs> everywhere uh, out of both sides and it was spewing bright, bright red blood everywhere. And so I start following it up and now I'm like, okay, we were like, you know, 10 yards off of where the blood trail was. That's why we didn't see any blood. We get up into this deadfall clear cut area and it looks like someone took, like went to Home Depot bought a gallon of paint and just dumped it all over the leaves. Like there was just blood everywhere. So we follow that for about 50 yards and we come up on this bed and this bed is just like still got wet pooled blood in it. And we're like, okay, this isn't good. And he's like, we might've jumped them out of this bed. So we follow the blood to about 75 yards and it starts to get less. And now I'm getting a little nervous. But I'm like, there's no way that I'm all excited. I'm like, there's no way this deer's alive, dude. Like, that's all the blood that's in my body laying on those leaves. <laughs> things alive. And at this point, we think he's a basket six, but I wasn't exactly counting the points when this thing busted out of the saplings at me. I, I was just in the moment, but he was real tight. We were like, okay, he's like a six pointer. And uh, we get we get to a hundred yards following these, it's starting to get less and less and less, and we're getting down to pin drops. And then we lose it at a hundred yards. So now he and I are on our hands and knees trying to figure out what happened here. And it's going downhill, which is good news because a deer that's, you know, fatally wounded is, is going to go down the path yeah, of. Sure. So I'm looking and I, on this, you know, one of these conifer trees uh, that was real scrubby and short. So young sapling, I looked and there's just this snot clot hanging off of it. So he had started to clot up. And when he brushed this tree, it had hung from it. So there was like a, a three-inch clot hanging down, looked just like a booger out of a kid's nose off of this little branch. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, this doesn't look good. And he goes, yeah, that's a clot, dude. Like, we might be in trouble here. So we we look around for another, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. And he's like, hey, we got to get out of here because we're getting our scent all over this place. And you need to make a decision. Either we're coming back here tomorrow morning and leaving this buck overnight. And we're going to grid search it. Or you know, we're going to call a dog. So we go, you know, back down over the top and back down the other side of the mountain, different way than we came, get back to the truck. He gets in the truck, starts eating his lunch. I realized at this point I did not pack a lunch, which, which is, is, is not great because <laughs> I'm like, I went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows at this point. I don't know if I'm calling everybody. I know that deer hunts, I'm calling my cousins who got me into hunting when I was little. I'm, I'm calling my dad, I'm calling everybody. I'm sending pictures of the blood trail. Everybody's like, that deer is smoked, dude. I don't know how you're not finding him. He's dead. Like, there's no way there's that much blood and he's alive. So he's like, hey, you want to call the dog? Like, I have the number of the lady I used yesterday. There's no guarantee that she's going to be available, but how about we give her a call? I'm like, sure, she knows you. So why don't you call her on your phone? So he calls her on his phone. She picks up and he goes, Hey, it's Tyson. And she's like, Hey Tyson, uh, what's up? Did you find that doe or something? And he's like, Nope, uh, I got another trail for you. And she's like, so she, you can hear it in her voice. She's like, you wounded another one, Tyson. You're like, like in a row. he's like, no, my, my buddy, uh, shot a buck and, and we can't find it. But I feel horrible. Cause this woman definitely is like, what are these kids doing out there? Like two days in a row, I got to come out to the same mountain and track a deer. Yeah. And I'm on my third track of the day already. It's 930 in the morning, mind you. <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning. It, it's I'd shot this deer at like 915, maybe nine o'clock. So like it was like 10, 1015, I guess, when we called her because we waited like an hour and then looked. And she's like, I already did three tracks today. I'm on one right now for a leg hit. Um, I don't want to wear my dogs out too bad. I'll I'll let you know. And and if I get to you, it'll be right before dark. And go, <sighs> So she, she calls back and she's like, all right, I'm going to come. Like, I'll be there right before dark. So we sat there all day. I'm pacing up and down this mountain dirt road. Mind you on this dirt road and on this mountain that day, we counted at least 25 trucks with full of hunters driving up and down these roads, like road hunting. Plus the dudes that were in the woods, there had to be at least with the cars in the parking lot that were at the bottom. Cause we went down to the bottom at one point, like there, there had to be, 
at least 70 dudes hunting that mountain that day. Wow. That's a lot but, of pressure. But we had only heard shots right before I had shot earlier in the morning. So we didn't hear any other shots the whole day. So we're all just, this, this spot is known to be super pressured, but none of these guys want to go back a mile and a half over this mountain. So you can kind of get into the good spot. So yeah. we're sitting there, sitting there. And I'm just like wallowing in this depression in dark place for hours <laughs> waiting for it to almost get dark she can show up she shows up and we go down to the bottom of the mountain she follows us in her car back to where we pull in and uh she gets out of the car and i know we tell her what happened we had told her a little bit over the phone but we tell her what happened she goes yeah you shot in the leg and i said we're not even to the spot yet we're standing at the truck i'm like what do you mean i shot in the leg there's blood everywhere there's no bone fragments and she's like no you shot in the leg she's like she's brushing me off and I'm starting to think, like, Tyson, you don't know what you're talking about here, dude. Neither does this lady. Like, you, you trust <laughs> a shot in the leg. You don't know what you're talking about. And she goes to the back of her car and opens up the kennel and pulls out a wired-haired dachshund, a wiener. <laughs> and I'm like, what's this thing? What's this? And she's like, she's like, this is the dog. She's got two back there. She's like, I got my old one, but he ran a couple of tracks today, so I'm leaving him in the car. I'm just going to let him rest. And I said, how old is that dog? She goes, 11 months old. So I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, this is first year of fallen blood. And she's like, yep. and I'm like, how many deer has this dog found? She goes, 31. I said, 31? It's 11 months old. And this wiener dog found 31 deer already. That, and that's insane. And Tyson's telling me that every guide and warden in Maine uses this woman if they need to find something they call her and they use her dogs like she is the go-to person all the reputable guides use her for moose bear everything and dogs will trail the blood trail of lost bears like and go right up to them like they're fearless okay start hiking up this trail to go in and she's carrying the dog in her arm because there's no way this dog's gonna walk this far up this mountain and She's like, yeah, you know, this keeps me in pretty good shape, you know, doing these tracks every day. And I don't even work during hunting season because there's just so much work doing this. And you can just live off tips because people are so happy you found their deer. They'll just give you anything, give you their wallet. So, <laughs> so I'm like, you have asthma? And she's like, yeah, I have asthma. And I'm, I'm like, she's like, I'm going to get pretty tired here. You might have to carry my dog. So she hands me her dog. This dog is all business. This dog does not want me carrying it. And when we're going through thick brush, I'm like covering its eyes. Cause I'm like, I have dogs. I'm a dog lover. You know, I, I have a little young black lab and I wouldn't want anything to happen to her. So I'm covering this dog's eyes. This dog does not want me covering its eyes. It's all business. It wants to look straight ahead and look for something. So it's like nipping on my hand, making noises when I cover its eyes and carrying it up to the top of the mountain. She goes, all right, you can put them down now. So we get to first blood. She lets the dog go. And every, uh, we get to the, where we lost the blood trail and the dog goes left. And I'm like, nope, the deer didn't go left. He went right. And she's like, are you sure? Because I trust my dog. And Tyson's like, we're sure. Like, we found a claw over here. The dog went right. But there was a doe that blasted by us that went left. And here's a bed. And she's like, okay. And she's like, did you bump him out of the bed? And like, that's the crazy thing. We didn't hear him crash out. And we would have heard him crash out. And uh, she goes, okay. And then we started to realize, like, oh, this doe that blew past us after probably blew this buck out of his bed. Like he probably bedded down to die and this doe blew past him running by us, cut left and blew him out of his bed. So she puts the dog back on the trail and the dog locks on this time and starts going down into this valley and probably another 75 yards down. The dog just stops and just sniffs a leaf and then pees. And she's like, yeah, there's going to be blood right here. She goes over to this red leaf and there's one pin drop of blood on this leaf and this dog found it. And 75 yards from last blood, like way down in the valley. Wow. This is, this is crazy. And it was dried because it'd been hours. And I'm like, what does this dog key in on blood? And she's like, no, it keys on, keys in on adrenaline. Like it smells the adrenaline. That's how it knows not to track other deer. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. So we're talking to her and she's telling us stories and, and letting us know like what the dog does. And all of a sudden the dogs kind of starts doing big circles. And she goes, He's, he's trying to figure it out right now. He lost it. He's, he's trying to work it out. So we're just going to stand here and we're just going to let him work it out. So we stand there for a little while and let the dog work it out. And I look down, down in, in the bottom of this valley, like in this little stream bottom where this beaver dam is. And I'm like, I see orange over in that thicket. Like there's a dude 
hunting right there. And it's getting close to last light. So she let me bring my rifle with me and she was going to tell me at last light, like you can unload because she as a registered guide and blood tracker, she can shoot at night to finish off a deer, a, a mortally wounded deer. She can finish off. Oh, so cool. She finishes it off with a, a big revolver that's on her hip. <laughs> so we're, we're walking down and I'm like, I see orange. And she goes, well, what do you want to do? You want to, you want to call it and pack it up and not ruin this guy's hunt. I'm like, it's, it's five or eight minutes until last light. Like, let's just wait for a little while. And the dog all of a sudden starts pulling really hard towards this dude. And so the dog gets down there a little bit more and this guy stands up. And when he stands up, I'm like, all right, you know, his hunt's done anyway. Let's get down there. So we let the dog do its thing. We get down and this dog runs right behind where this guy was sitting, like 25, 30 yards right behind where this guy was sitting. And, you know, the guy's face, you could just see that he was upset with us for walking through there. I don't really think he knew what was going on like that. We were trailing a deer, but you could see visibly that he was disgruntled with the, with the situation. Sure. Seven year old kid with him. So I felt even worse. It's this kid, you know, like he's, this kid's out hunting with his dad. The kid's got a rifle too. And I, I feel horrible. And I'm like, I'm so sorry to the guy as we're going by. I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry. And he's just kind of nodding at me, not really saying much. And then he sees the dog working and he goes, are you guys tracking a deer right now? And I said, yeah, I shot a buck this morning. He goes, can we come? And I'm like, yeah, dude, the more the merrier you can follow us. So he and Kid are now following us. <laughs> uh, my buddy Tyson and this, this woman and her dog. And we get to this thicket of spruce. And she goes, your deer's in here. And I said, again, in my head, I'm like, this woman does not know what she's talking about. You're not a wizard. You can't just <laughs> say things and think that they're going to happen. You haven't done any more blood. You, like, you don't know what you're talking about. She takes one foot and puts it in this spruce thicket. And you just hear immense crashing out the back end. She goes, there he is. And I'm like, what? How, how, how are you, is this black magic? Are you a <laughs> Harry Potter? What's going on? And so she gets down on her hands and knees because it is so thick in here that you can't walk through it. And we all start crawling through this thicket to get out the backside. And the dog is now on a full sprint. She can't keep up with him. He's on a 50 foot leash and she's just running to stay next to the leash. And we bust out the backside. I unload my gun because it's dark. I put the, the rounds in my pocket, sling my rifle over my shoulder and we start running. And I mean by run, I mean sprinting in full gear because it's November and it's cold. And we're pouring sweat, running after her, running after this dog. We got this guy and his kid bringing up the rear. Like we, <laughs> we're under headlamp light because it's now pitch dark. We can't see anything. And you're running with a headlamp on in this thick, thick forest. And now we're going up an embankment on the other side, like the other ridge. And we're just flying. Maine's thick, thick forest. So we're like dodging trees and my headlamp's bouncing around and my, my buddy's smoking me. Cause like up in Northern Maine, it's just a different elevation. Those boys are just built different. I mean, he's just crushing me. And we fly up and we finally catch up to her and she turns around. So now her big spotlight, which was like her headlamp was like a, a coon hunting spotlight. Like it was bright. And it just hits me and Tyson in the face. We can't see anything on the other side of her. And she has her dog in her hand by the harness and she jams it into my buddy's chest and goes, hold my dog. And I guess he had kind of already been briefed on this the day before. I didn't really know what was going on. So he's holding the dog and the dog's biting him and he's holding him. The dog's going crazy. And he's like holding his arms as tight as he can. The thing's freaking out and going crazy. I did not know this dachshund had this much heart in him. I mean, <laughs> part of this dog, I will forever respect for the rest of my life. I mean, <laughs> what an incredible experience. I wish I had that on film. I mean, it, it was amazing just running through these pines and oaks in this thicket at night with like one of my best buddies chasing my first deer. Like it was crazy. And she turns back around. So now her headlamps illuminating what's in front of her and 15 yards in front of her, my bucks just got his head against a tree and he's just laying there dead. And I'm Cause when we busted out the back of the thicket, there started to be blood everywhere again. Like, uh -huh. She was like, we got him. She started yelling. She was like, we got him. We opened him back up. We got him. And like, like I'm getting my heart's going crazy. And there's blood all over these trees it's shooting out. And so we get up to this buck and she, her headlamp hits it. It's laying against this tree. And I'm like, oh my God, he's dead. Like we got, we got him. 
and she kind of gets close, like eight yards, and is like looking at him to see if she can see him breathe. And she pulls out a revolver and just rips one into his lungs. And you just see this deer take one big breath and then go limp. And I'm like, okay. And then she just blasts another one into him. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And uh, she goes, I do that so that he can't move and he can't breathe just in case. Like, just in case we got to this point, we're not losing this deer again. And so she reholsters her weapon, goes, you can put my dog down now. The dog beelines it for the deer, goes right to the where the blood's coming out of this deer and just starts drinking it. And then after it's done drinking the blood, goes over to the deer and just starts biting it and ripping tufts of hair out of it. It, it ripped the whole tail off of the deer, like the whole tail off in its mouth, playing like a chew toy, just going berserk, making all kinds of noises, jumping on the dead deer. And I turned around and just gave my buddy like the biggest hug. And like, he and I are just like, he's like, you did it. You did it, dude. And I'm just giving a giant hug. And I'm like, dude, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then at this point, this guy and his son crest the ridge and they're there oh my god oh my god the kid's going crazy he's like look at that buck look at that buck and i i i'm i haven't even walked over to the deer at this point i'm just like kind of squatting down looking at him in her headlamp light and i'm like got my hands on my head and i'm just like we like we actually did it like i actually did it and at this point i had only i think i had only sat seven i think it was my seventh hunt and <laughs> So I'm like, I'm, I was privileged. Like I was blessed. Oh, and, sure. And I, I, I'm like freaking out. And she goes, uh, Tyson goes, dude, you shot a 10 pointer. And what? And then she goes, nah, it's an 11. And I said, no pointer. She goes, yeah, he's got a kicker. He's an 11 pointer. And like, not a little kicker either. Like he had like a three inch kicker. Like he, he was an 11 pointer. And I was like, no way. And so I walk over to him and I get my hands on him and she's like, let's take some pictures. So immediately she sits down right next to me with the dog and I pull that deer's head up and we start taking pictures in the headlamp. <laughs> and uh, so she stands back up and I'm, and she hands me the dog. And she's like, get some, I know you want some pictures of the dog, take pictures of the dog. So now I'm holding this dog <laughs> Fritzy, and I'm, so I'm holding Fritzy under one arm. And I'm holding the deer in the other arm. My buddy's sitting next to me. And then he's got one if he's holding the dog. And I'm just beaming, just having the time of my life. And I, I told the kid, I was like, come over here and get a picture with me. I, like his dad's taking pictures of me with the dog and the seven-year-old kid. And the kid's got his rifle. It, it was all, it was great. <laughs> the kid's like, I can smell him. You smell him? And I'm like, oh, he's running, dude. And he's a deer. Like, you're going to smell him. And he's like all excited. And she's like, how do, how do I get out of here? Because we got some work ahead of us. And she's got to leave. Cause she got another phone call while we were sitting there taking pictures and another track job she had to go do. And she had told them, I'm going to go home and feed my dogs and water them and take a shower. And then I'll come back out, you know, like midnight and track him or 2am, whatever it was and track your deer for you. Like this woman is nonstop. She is hardcore. And when she tells you something's going to happen, it's going to happen. So she, I shot this deer in the leg. One of my rounds in fact was in this deer's leg. So, the round that I saw his back legs come out and he had turned 180 degrees and tried to go up the embankment after I had shot at him twice, I had blown both of his ball joints out and both of his back hips. Like I had sent around right through him. So, Whoa. so this deer had made it, this track job was 950 yards. This dog tracked this deer 950 yards. Last blood was, was 950 yards and found one pin drop 75 yards after that, no more blood. And this dog tracked this 950 yards, no blood. Wow. Yeah. A little and, Dachshund. <laughs> yeah. A wire-haired Dachshund named Fritzy. So, <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> we drop her a pin. I send her, I'm like, hey, I, I'm not skimping you. I know that you guys live off tips. I don't have cash with me right now. Send me your number. And then you can text me your address if you're comfortable with it later or a PO box or we can meet up and I will, I will give you, I want to tip you and I'm, I'm not going to scrimp on that. I'll, I'll send you something. She's like, I really appreciate that. So she sends me a text right there. We drop her a pin and her and the guy and his son go, I'm like a mile and a half back up the mountain and down the other side, back to the, back to the cars. I don't know how this guy didn't know that my deer was bedded 30 yards behind him, 
because he had apparently been there all morning. Nasir had just slipped in behind him and bedded, and he had never known. And if he had seen him, he probably would have shot him and been like, oh, I would have never found him. It would have been his deer. Yeah, of course. And, and that's legal, and that's just too bad for me. But he just never heard him, never saw him. I don't really know what he was doing. I don't know if he was listening. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe his kid was talking too much. I have no clue. But <laughs> so we start gutting this deer out. And I'd never gutted a deer before. I'd gutted plenty of animals before, like small game, like rabbits, stuff like that. But Tyson's like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. So we start gutting this deer out. And he's like, all right, lift him up. So I get into his armpits. I lift him up. We drain him. And then we're starting to look at the map. And we're like, we're not going to drag this deer 1.2 miles like over the mountain we're not and back to the car it's not going to happen like we're, we're not going to be able to do it it's too thick and uh so he starts looking for alternative route and he goes well if we go up this ridge that we didn't come in on, on the other side we'll pop out on that dirt road like how far is that he's like a little over 900 yards i'm like let's do it so he grabs an antler i grab an antler and we start dragging and we like at this point in my life I was running 30 miles a week. I mean, consistently every single week, every seven days, I was running 30 miles. He dogged me, (laughs) dogged me. It wasn't even close. We drag him like 40, 50 yards. And I would look down at my Garmin watch and my heart rate would be like 200. And and he would, he'd look at me and he'd be like, yeah, we we can take a break, dude. Like he, he was fine. He was absolutely fine. And so we're dragging it up through deadfalls, up this ridge to this dirt road, like dragging them over logs. We had to drag them through a stream. Like it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> we're under logs that were too high that we couldn't get them over. At one point we had to throw his hind legs over and then both get behind him and flip them, like somersault them over a log. <laughs> it was terrible. And then we got in like all these blueberry bushes that were all with thorn and, and we're dragging them through briar. It was terrible. We get him finally after stopping who knows how many times we get him to the top of this road. And I'm like, dude, I don't know the kind of people that are on this mountain, but a lot of people were driving this dirt road today. Like let's put him behind a big piece of brush and then make sure we get his eye shine covered because I don't know who's going to see this. Cause we gotta walk an extremely long walk up to the top of this mountain on, on this dirt road at night to get the truck to come back down and pick this deer up. So I'm dead at this point. I've eaten nothing. I haven't had water since we started the track because you don't go in with packs like you guys do in Arizona. Like it's Maine. You don't, you don't go in with this big pack on your back. Like we didn't think this track job was going to be this bad. So I had no water with me. He's got no water with him. We're dying. And we, we hide this thing under what I, th- I think was like an Aspen sapling that it got knocked down. We covered it with all the, all the brush. And then we walked down like 25 yards and then he hung his hat in a tree. So that way anybody that saw the hat wouldn't be able to find the deer. And we start just doing a death march up to this truck. just like this, like just a steep dirt road to the top of this like mountain or three quarters up to the top of the mountain and just death march. And I'm like trying to talk and I'm talking like (sighs) (laughs) my words out and he's 15, 20 yards ahead of me just walking like it's nothing talking to me. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I've seen deer in here before. Oh, you see that over there? Yeah. I thought that was eye shine one time. It's just a sign. Like, just like, like a normal stroll for him. So <laughs> I gained a lot more respect for those Northern Maine boys that day, but we get back up to the truck and he was already in the truck with it started by the time I got in the passenger seat, his hand out with a water bottle in it, like already reached out to the passenger side. I grabbed the water. I just drank the entire thing in 10 seconds I'm dying. He puts the thing in reverse. We go down there, pull the buck out of the brush, throw it in the truck bed, shut the tailgate. And I'm finally like, this is my buck. Like I, I, we had tagged it when I gutted it, but I was like, this is my buck now. Like Tyson was like, I take this buck, dude. No one was going to take this buck. He's like, I'll fight anybody for a buck. No one's going to take this. this Dirt road. It wasn't going to happen. So we, we get them loaded up. There's a tagging station at the bottom of the mountain. We get to the bottom of the mountain. We go in there and we tag them. And, uh, out and she throws the tag uh, on the deer for me and I filled out the survey that I had to do uh, paid my my tagging price and <laughs> and I said uh, how many deer had have, have been tagged here today because if you're hunting on this mountain you have to tag here you have to go to the closest tagging station that's the rule in Maine you must go to the closest physical tagging station huh. only, only one other deer 
So one other year, there's like 70 dudes on this mountain. I shot the only that day over the moon. We drove it to my, my buddy who I had hunted with originally who shot that big buck. We drove it to his house, hung it up in his garage, all just stood there and had a cold one and just, <laughs> you know, just all stared at it. And my buddy, when we pulled in the driveway, he's jumping up and down. You shot an 11 point. You shot an 11. He's going. And so that was the story of my first buck. Dude, that, that is one of the craziest first buck story. <laughs> it's it crazy was, any buck story, but especially for your first one. Yeah, Tyson and Austin both told me it was the craziest buck story they had they had ever heard. Tyson told me he will never forget that moment for the rest of his life. And he is he's shot a lot of deer before. Every once in a while we'll just text each other out of nowhere and be like, hey, remember when we were running through that timber and in, in pitch dark together? And he's like, Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. Like, <laughs> like every once in a while we just gotta text each other and talk about it again. I mean it, it was it was one of the the best days of my life, and to do it with two kids that that are now like some of my best friends in the world, like it, it was it was so cool. Yeah, dude, that's how that's how you make friends for life, right there. Is those yeah. kind of like crazy for moments sure. that you share. Always uh, have that moment with them. Yeah, totally. Um, so you uh, that was your first deer. I mean, your first deer season, really, right? Like, yeah, that it was the first story. time I actually targeted deer, and I hunted I think seven times, and I shot one. Yeah. So I assume now you're like totally addicted and you can't wait for the next season. <laughs> yeah. I have a buck that, uh, I I'm trying to shoot this year, uh, with my bow and I've got like Excel sheets with like times that he comes in and what the wind was doing at the time. Yes. Of the photo, and like, I'm charting everything on a graph. Like I, I'm out of my head now. <laughs> I love it. That's a, that's going to lead to, uh, another killer story and hopefully man, going back out with your bow. That's so cool hopefully um do well then do you have like at the conclusion of that like awesome hilarious inspiring story uh like advice or either like maybe something you you learned as a i know you have a, a background in like water you weren't like a new hunter but a new deer hunter yep. uh advice for a new guy or uh maybe someone who who like i i respect so much how you're just like scrolling through instagram and you see that and your like first reaction is, I'm gonna ask if I can go hunting with this guy. Like, I don't even know why I DM'd him either because I had his number. Like we were like we were like casual friends. Like I could have just texted the kid, but I like I couldn't wait. Like I just had to like like send that to him, his own photo, and be like, hey dude, like let's do this. That's a sweet buck. Yeah. I, I something came over me. I didn't even really think. But if I were to give anybody advice, and I'm not the person that you want to advice <laughs> want advice for your hunting. I'm too new, but. Uh, I am obsessed with it. You know, I'm constantly researching it, reaching out to other people on Instagram that are, you know, big public land, white, white tail killers and trying to get advice from them, telling them my situation, how they can help. If I were going to give advice to anybody, and again, take that with a grain of salt because I am very new. I would say, don't be afraid to shoot somebody a DM, even if you don't know them, because I have never had somebody not answer a DM. And I've never had somebody been like, no, everybody I talk to, that loves whitetail hunting is super excited to BS about whitetails with other guys about whitetails. Like that's like all they want to do. It's like, all they want to do is just talk shop. So you get a guy and you're just like, Hey dude, you want to talk about whitetails? Like, do you have any advice for me? Or like, do you want to go hunting? Like nine times out of 10, maybe even 10 times out of 10, I would say they're going to say yes. Yeah, dude, that's, that's awesome. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Hunters are buying. I've, I've met very few, uh, D bags in the hunting world. Uh, and most there guys, are a few. <laughs> there are a few, but but vast majority of the guys I reach out to or interact with are just great dudes who want to, you know, are happy even the to guy share and the his woods. son, yeah, <laughs> the guy exactly. and his son that we met that day. I, I, that kid's get, probably got that picture for life of me and him with a deer. They probably showed their whole family and yeah. home and showed his mom or you know, whoever it was and just me and me and the kid and a, a deer that he got to track. And I bet you that kid will never forget that day either. And that's really, really cool. Yeah. Oh, dude. So awesome. Um, Hey man, where can like, uh, people find you, follow you? I know we were talking a little before the podcast, like you're, you're filming stuff. You have this marathon Turkey thing that's coming out soon. So like, wh- where can people find you? So you can find content from actually me and those other two guys. Uh, nice they have they hunt with me and it's on the instagram and the youtube uh all the time and uh that's at main meat collection and main is in the state um no caps it's just main meat collection on instagram i believe it's 
one word and then on uh youtube you can just type in main me collection with spaces and it'll it'll come right up uh we have i think 11 or 12 videos up so far and we just dropped our first turkey hunting video of the year and there's another one coming out next sunday so dude that is that is awesome uh and i'll put i'll go i'll make sure links are are in the show notes of all this stuff uh so so guys listening can can scroll down and, and click and 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 follow your adventures and the uh the payoff of your spreadsheets for this year uh when the next fall comes and you arrow yeah, that giant buck. we're just trying to uh i'm so new to all this stuff it was my first time turkey hunting too so it's just it's really cool to be able to document somebody learning how to do these things in real time so if you're a new hunter or somebody uh who feels like they're struggling and or maybe somebody that just enjoys content uh we would appreciate it if you checked it out, but you might even get some value out of it and, and see what it's like for someone who's new to something to learn how to do that thing. So totally. Fun. I, I, I love, I think there's so much value in guys being honest about their early adventure. Like there's, there's tons of experts out there that make it all look easy. Uh, but most of us, I think feel that like, ah, I'm just trying to figure this out. I don't know. It's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah. It's not easy. And if you're having a, a tough season or if you haven't shot a deer in a couple of years, uh, don't give up because I didn't expect to shoot a deer and I was going to be in it for the long haul. I was going to, I was after that first sit and we saw a doe, I was, I was all in. <laughs> That's all it takes, man. That's all. I saw that doe at 30 yards and I was like, yep, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so cool. Uh, well, man, everybody go, uh, like whatever you're on Instagram, social or YouTube, whatever, uh, follow the links, follow Connor and his crew and their adventures uh and and do connor thanks for sharing the story thanks for the time uh and, and good luck in your upcoming seasons absolutely you too it's good talking to you you too man thanks so much for tuning in to hunting stories and if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with late to the game go ahead and check us out at late to the game outdoors.com or give us a follow on instagram at late to the game outdoors thanks again for listening and we'll see you guys next time